Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Song, with your host, Daryl Prail. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Good day, folks. Welcome to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, the only show on the podcast sphere where we talk nothing but tactics, pragmatic how-to, no vision, no strategy, no nothing to do with management. It's about how you can be a better salesperson, and you. And if you do your job, and if you take the expert opinions and advice and lessons that I bring to you every single week with the industry's smartest and brightest people, and that includes Richard Harris, then you too will be 1% marginally better after today than you were before you began listening to this show. I am thrilled you are here and i say that with all sincerity i will share with you that doing this podcast is honestly the highlight of of my week every single week and you're saying yeah daryl you're full of crap that's a fair assessment in all honesty but it is and i tell you why it's because multiple reasons one i actually really dig i really really dig just sharing with you guys, just riffing and sharing. It's like therapy. It's it really affirms the bond we have. So I hope you like it. And if you if you don't, every little app player's got that fast forward button. I respect it. Just fast forward past my ramble. My wife does it all the time. She just mutes me out somehow. So that's the first part. The second part is is I get to interview some really smart people, as you know. And we talk about all different kinds of topics. And today's topic is going to be a fun one, and we haven't done it before. Every week, I like to share a little bit. And so here's me sharing. I've had the chance recently to do a lot of networking with a lot of peers, for lack of a better word, right? Roughly people who are more tenured, more senior, like my white hair might convey. So if you're not tenured like me, you're earlier in your career, then I want you to recognize from this, what I'm about to share, how it doesn't matter how far along you are in your career, this is an issue that comes up over and over again. And what is it? Here's the situation. I was talking to lots of uh, fellow colleagues and they were lamenting, they were complaining, they were just, you know, I think they were just sharing how frustrated they were at their job, that they weren't allowed to do certain things. They had to ask for permission, even though they were hired for a certain role and a certain mandate, when they tried to do it, they weren't allowed. And they felt handicapped and they felt frustrated. They felt, I guess, not empowered. Let's go with that. And they were like, you know, how did we get here? Here's the worst part. The whole conversation was around how do we work within that work environment? How do we succeed? How do we achieve what we're expected to do? Right? So let's sales. Sales, you know, how do you do your activity? How do you do your email? How do you do your social? Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, get the results you want, have the conversations you want, have the demos you want, whatever it might be, discovery calls, everything else. If you're, if, if you're partially handicapped, for example, many 
organizations would say to you, uh, social, social selling, don't do it, irrelevant. Others would say the phone is dead, don't do it, irrelevant. And maybe they're right in their own instance, but the reality is we all know it's multi-channel and the more ways you can reach out and engage someone, the more likelihood you are to connect them. But your hand's strung, you can't do it. What do you do? And you're frustrated, right? And I said to my friends and I said, colleagues, let me share with you a bit of wisdom I learned a long time ago and it's worked out very well for me, but I had to go through a few jobs to figure this out. Before I ever took the job, I asked the questions that I needed to make sure I had answers to to be successful. So in my case, as a marketer and for sales, it'll be a little different and we're gonna get to that. As a marketer, I would say, how many resources do I have? Not that I necessarily need staff, but do I have staff? Right away, my mind tells me what I can and cannot do. How much budget do I have? Is that budget locked in place? Is that budget mine at the beginning of the year or will you pull that back? Shy of us going out of business, you need to save money. Is that my budget? What's my hiring plan like? And then I ask questions like, what do I need to do in 90 days, 180 days, a full year from now? What will I need to have accomplished? So you say, Daryl, you, my friend, you were a good hire. Help me understand who are the stakeholders that will influence my success. Do they have the same opinions and the same expectations of me that you, Mr. Recruiter, Mr. HR person, Mr. CEO have of me? I ask all these questions so there's no surprises. I get it in writing so that if they try to change the rules, I at least have recourse. And if I don't like the answers, I move on. And that is tough to do, to move on. Trust me, it is, but it's gotta be right for you so you can succeed. And people looked at me when I shared this like they were gobsmacked, like, what? You ask these questions? And I'm like, yeah. And that's how I avoid the situation you're in now. It's what I'm saying to you, my friends out there in sales world, is that it all comes down to the interview. Your success, beyond your skills and your capabilities, beyond the products and the services that you represent, your success starts before you ever take the job. So how can I ensure you are successful? Well, I'm glad you asked. Richard Harris, my friend, are you still there? Or are you on your other show now? I don't know. No, I, you know, it's like, I don't think I've heard a wind up like that since Rachel Maddow on MSNBC last night. So I love um, Rachel. She is such a great storyteller. She inspires I mean, me. Stay out of the politics. I know that's not what we're here for, but. Uh, no, but hey, we can go politics. That's fun too. It'll certainly be more yeah, entertaining. Uh, yeah. Richard Harris, folks, if you don't know. Hi, everybody. The Richard. Hi, yeah, they, working from home. Um, for those who are catching the video piece, we're going under some construction in the house, so I I don't hide behind big red curtains and stuff like that. Right? Like I, I want to know what what's behind Daryl's big red curtain, by the way. Someone, I, I want the producer to come stick their head out like this or something like that. The wizard is behind the big red curtain. Don't you know that? No, I don't know what's back there. So there we go. I was puppet master. But anyway, so I keep it a little bit more raw and, and emotionally real, and uh, that's just my shtick and my style. But I'm really excited to talk about this. this. is one of my most passionate topics of interviewing. I have often said, much to my wife's chagrin, because she would never do it, is that if I could get paid to go on interviews to teach leaders how shitty they are at interviewing and how bad they ask questions and how I will put them on the spotlight and turn it around on them, I would love to do that. That being said, I need to watch my language, so I apologize, bleep that out. But that being said, I love interviewing, and I love all the parts of it. I love, well, how do I even get more interviews? I love, how do I interview and answer their questions professionally? How do I 
how do I make sure that I ask the questions that are important to me to make sure that I can set them up for success and me? Because that's ultimately what you're trying to figure out in the interview, right? Is that respectfully, they're not interviewing you, you're interviewing them. And it's a whole lot easier in today's job market where the unemployment rate is so low, but that's always been my mantra going forward. So I'll stop my preamble and, and Daryl, give it back to you. So here's my thought process. Tell me what you think of this plan. What I thought we should do today, let, let's kind of go through the whole process, kind of start to finish, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to cover things like, uh, how do we get more job interviews? What do we mm -hmm. need to do to make sure we look good and feel good to anybody who are evaluating us and considering inviting us to a job interview? When mm -hmm. we're at the job interview, pros and cons, tips and tricks, what do we need to do? mindset, mm -hmm. questions, mentality, mistakes we see leaders make from the point of view mm -hmm. of interviewing you. And then let's get right down to the actual part where there's a job forthcoming, a job offer, and it's now at the negotiation stage. So kind of start yeah, to yeah. end. Let's cover that. You that cool with you? That's perfect. That's how I would do it. Because I just told everybody that if they didn't like the interview, they should walk. For many people, they're panicking because they're saying, but that's the only that's the only interview I got going on right now. And I need, I need to pay the bills. I need money. Let's just start with how do I get, for example, not just one interview. How do I get lots of interviews? How do I position yeah. myself to get that? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways that you're going to do it. I'm going to hit on a couple of topics and Daryl, slow me down. I want to be conscious of time, but I want to get this out. One is definitely have to start with your resume and your LinkedIn profile. And I'm going to speak to this in a sales related capacity. So other people who are happen to be listening that, that may not be in sales, you need to twist this for your own world. Right. But first of all, if someone ever asks me for a resume, you know, my first response is really it's 2019. I don't do fucking resumes anymore. There's another bleep. Sorry, Daryl. Like really don't ask me for a resume. I will gladly give you one, but I will say, you know what my resume says, see my LinkedIn profile. Yes. Right? And here's a couple of reasons why one is. We get stuck in this world where, oh my God, my resume is now three pages long and I, I can't send, how do I cut out all this good stuff? Well, we'll talk about cutting out the good stuff, but nobody cares how many scrolls it takes on LinkedIn. They could care less, but when they get the three page resume, that feels old school too much. I'm not going to read all that. I'm not going to digest it. So get rid of it. So that's the first thing. In some industries, if you're a traditional salesperson, right? If you work for Dow Chemical and you're going to go and try and work for, you know, another big chemical plant, you may still have to do resumes. And I will acquiesce to that, but it also sends a message to me about the kind of company I'm working with. So one, have your resume ready. On your resume, or more specifically on your LinkedIn profile, it's all about you and your accomplishments. Every bullet point, like if I'm VP of sales at Vanilla Soft. The very next bullet point says 110%. The first thing is a number. It's always a number. 110% over quota for these quarters. Seven to 15 hired reps, right? Or I might, I might call it like 84% increase in new hires. Every bullet point is a number showing an increase always, particularly in sales, because that's all the leader cares about. And I want to be specifically vague. I want to say, hey, I hit this number. I hit this goal. I hit this milestone by an increase. But then I want them to go, well, I got to talk to Richard. And then I'm going to ask Richard, how'd you, how'd you do that three quarters in yes, a row? I love that part right there. That part's huge. It's clickbait almost, right? It's that's total clickbait. Yeah, that's what you want. You want them to ask the question. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that is gold right there. Stop taking out the buzzword. I mean, stop putting in the buzzword. Stop with synergy, cross-channel communications and cross-department, blah, blah, blah. Talk about what you accomplished because of those things. 
there was an 84% increase in efficiency between sales and marketing. What does that mean, right? Don't put in these words about synergy and stuff like that. Everything can be quantified. And trust me, you could do the same thing if you're an engineer. 52, the number's 52, and it's how many times I was the project manager, whatever. It's a number. People are always impressed by increases in numbers in the business world, period, regardless. Same thing in marketing, same thing in HR. All across the board, the number comes first. With regards to that and the LinkedIn profile, it is your bread and butter. I think hopefully this isn't shocking to someone, but your party pick is not necessary for your LinkedIn profile. I have a belief that I'm starting to see this. And and again, this could be generational, is that I love the idea of someone putting their graduation picture in their cap and gown in their profile, but it also immediately sends a message that, okay, this is someone who doesn't have a lot of experience, which they're probably going to figure out anyway. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's just something I notice, and it could just be a Richardism that I don't like. I don't like that, but I also don't want to detract from someone who's busted their butt all their life to get to college, to be the first kid in, in their family to go to college, to want to be excited and promoted of that. There's a balance in there. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just a trend I've seen. What else do you want to know about LinkedIn? Let's back it up a second. So this is how we're framing LinkedIn in the conversation. And I guess I'm two ways I can go. What are your thoughts? So that was your profile. That was your claim to fame, your, your brag statements, right? Uh, what are your thoughts about the idea of using your skills or asking people for recommendations? I mean, I think all that stuff is is measurable. And I, I am not the LinkedIn expert when it comes to job hunting. Like I, if someone were going to go say, hey, I love Richard's advice. What else should I do? I'd be like, go Google it. <laughs> go, right. Or if you're Gen Z, go YouTube a good LinkedIn profile. In fact, I would tell Gen Xers to do that too because we don't know. We don't know what it looks like and we're terrible at creating this stuff. So go YouTube, how to write a good LinkedIn profile. So that's the first thing I would tell you to do. Skills and stuff, I absolutely think they matter. Definitely get recommendations, I think they matter. Particularly if you are new in the job and you don't have a lot of experience yet, you're gonna have to figure out a way to make experience, right? You're gonna have to figure out how do I turn babysitting into a revenue generation machine, which is what babysitting is, right? I generated my own revenue. Like right. talk about how you built the pipeline, talk about how you how you close the business, talk about um, you know, how many kids you had to, you know, cross-functionally babysit at the same time so that you could multitask, right? <laughs> Find a way is my opinion on the LinkedIn stuff. All right. So is your premise then by approaching your LinkedIn layout that way with the brag statements and losing the buzzwords, et cetera, et cetera, and, and having numbers that are tangible. So it acts like clickbait that that will get you more interviews or is there even a step it, before that? That to me is the first step. You can't start asking for interviews until you have something to show, right? You got to have some quality. You got to provide some quality. It's just like sales where you've got to give some level of quality and information to earn the right to ask for the interview. And for that, for me, is the first step. And it's hard, like if you go through the job search, you're like, oh my God, there's a company I wanna come in, I wanna send a resume to, oh no, my resume's not up to date, oh no, my LinkedIn, like the first thing you have to do is update everything before you start reaching out. Unless you've got friends, then that's a totally different ballgame. But I think that stuff has to come first. So here's what I'm gonna throw out there from my two cents on this whole process. I've only been laid off once in my life, laid off, fired. It's a fine line. But when it happened, it was certainly unexpected. All right, boom, there you right. go. You're out the door. I'm like, holy shit. That's just so you feel better, Richard. Holy shit. So I'm Canadian. I know. So That's I'm my Canadian, Canadian shit. Exactly. Right. What do I do? I the primary breadwinner. I didn't see it coming, so I wasn't ready with plan B. I approached it at the time. I was a, I was a VP of marketing, and I took a couple of weeks. After about a week or so, I'm like, okay, Prail, if you really are a marketer, 
you better learn to market yourself. I made a website, I made guerrilla campaigns, I identified my target audience, my ideal customer profile, and I hit the multi-channel email, phone, direct mail, bing, 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 bing. I targeted 13 companies, I had seven interviews with CEOs, and I had four job offers in about two weeks. Now, sales, exactly the same thing. If you can sell, you truly can sell, you need to sell you. You identify who you want to work for. You identify why they should care. You identify who the hiring people are, whether it's the HR, head of sales, CFO, COO, CEO, whatever. You pitch them. This is not a wait for the leads to come to me. Otherwise, you're just another sales rep and you don't stand out in the crowd. I'm going to double down on what you just said, right? 100% agree. From a sales perspective, and I've written about this on my own blog, but I'll give you the bullet points. One, you update the LinkedIn resume. Absolutely, you should start commenting and liking just sales-related content on LinkedIn so that your name can start to, to buzz around a little bit. That's not gonna get you a job. You then find the, the 10 or 12 companies you wanna go after. You figure out, you know, you send the resume in. This is what I teach people to do. If I wanna go work for VanillaSoft, here's what I'm doing. And this actually makes it easy because you're in sales. One, I go target them and I read about them and I look at their profile and do all that stuff. Two, I go to their job application site and I upload my LinkedIn profile. And if they force me to make a resume, I'll, I'll send them one that says, check my LinkedIn profile. Then I go to every single person in HR at VanillaSoft and I say, hey, so-and-so, I just applied to your opening. I'm a strong fit. Would love to talk to the right person. Can you point me in the right direction? And I'll send it to every single person in HR. Right? I will then go to the hiring manager who I assume is you know, in sales. It's a VP of sales, a director of sales, whatever. And I'll go down that line. Hey, VP of sales, uh, just applied to this. I thought it'd be smart for us to connect on LinkedIn. Can you point me in the direction in your hiring funnel? Go through four or five sales leaders. I might even go through a, through a salesperson. Then here's the part. I now pick up the phone and I call every one of those people I just LinkedIn connected with. And I leave a message and I go, hey, this is going to shock you because I know nobody ever calls you. You need to call and interview me. And I promise you, you will start to get the first interviews. That to me is my approach for sales. I have coached other people into marketing, into engineering to try this strategy and every one of them works. This is gold what you just hear folks. That right there, nothing else today. What you just heard, that will get you the job you want or the company you want. I wanna talk about recruiters. Leverage every recruiter you can absolutely let them be the tentacles of your octopus they will have other places they can get you in don't worry about well what if i overlap or they overlap it's like that's not your problem to solve that is the recruiter's problem to solve if you work with recruiters and all the recruiters who are listening to this i think you're going to love me when the deal doesn't work out and the recruiter only gives you a little bit of feedback do not keep the recruiter on the phone for 30 minutes crying they are not mm -hmm. your shrink Look, you got to get over it. You move on to the next one. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel sad. I, I'm not no, saying you got to. It's a numbers game. Right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sounds good. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them and they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. 
VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, we're back. Rapid fire. I've done everything Richard Harris just told me to do. I've got the call. I'm in the interview. Quick and dirty, and I mean quick and dirty. Yeah. How do I approach this? Do I ask the questions? Do I let them do their song and dance? How do? What's my game plan going in? Go. Game plan going in is they are not interviewing you. You're interviewing them. That doesn't mean you walk in cocky. You absolutely walk in with empathy, and you're very grateful to be there because you are grateful to be there. You want to be there, right? Like, that's okay. Keep it in your back pocket that they need you more than you need them. Sometimes that's hard to believe based on, you know, what your bills and your life is like, but ultimately... The job search means they're struggling. Always answer their questions politely, you know, your pleases and your thank yous. Then they're going to ask you probably one of the worst questions they could ask you, which is, hey, Richard, why should we hire you for VanillaSoft? Or what do you like about VanillaSoft? And I'm okay with them asking it, but it's a really silly question. And I'm going to tell you why. One, it doesn't mean anything. All they're doing is to see if you did your research. So yeah, do your research. Now it turns around to the, hey, Richard, what questions do you have for us? These are my favorite questions to ask in an interview. Hey, Daryl, you know, tell me about a day in the life. Tell me about your top performers. Absolutely ask this question. What percentage of your team hits quota every month or every quarter? And you need to say, are you 100% sure? Because if it's less than 60 or 70%, you're going to walk into a very, very tough spot. That means their quotas are too high, in my opinion. So anyway, it's a good question to ask. Second okay. question. Second question, yes. Second question is, hey, Daryl, and Daryl, role play this with me. Hey, Daryl, you know, if you could snap your fingers at VanillaSoft for the sales team, right? If you could snap your fingers and three things change tomorrow, what would you wish they could be? Yeah. If I could change yeah. three things in my sales team, that they actually weren't afraid of using all the channels available to them, that they hit their activity numbers, and that they knew the product better so they could handle objections better. Great. So, Daryl, what's preventing that from happening before tomorrow? That's a great question. We got coaching going on in sales enablement. Honest truth, God, blah, blah, blah. But Daryl said it. That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked Daryl that question. Nobody's ever asked that in an interview. And that's going to show them that you think differently, that you're unafraid to ask the tough questions, which is what sales is about. So that's the second question. My third question, this is the one that goes back to when they talk about why do you want to work at VanillaSoft? It's like, hey, Daryl, I got to ask you a question. I don't mean to come across the wrong way, but why should I want to come work for Daryl? What are you going to help me do? I love it. And I love because that. Now, I get asked that question. I love that question. Because it, it means you got to sell me. Like, yeah. you know, look, when, you know, so anyways, I'm going to stop there because we're on rapid fire, but those are my three best questions for an interview. Okay. So I've asked those questions. Now you have a back and forth. I would augment that with some of the questions I shared with you earlier in the day about expectations, success, all that kind of stuff. So there's clear expectations between both 
parties, then you can fall back on that. And I would ask you follow up in the interview to say, thank you so much. Here's what I heard you say. You know, here's what I need to do to be successful. Thank you for your time, whatever. But again, the, you show follow up because if you can follow up to an interview, they can follow up on a sales call. Finally, they like you, they pitch you an offer. Now it's negotiation time. What's the one piece of advice you have when it comes to negotiating salary? You can walk away at any point if you don't like what they have. Oh, like you're in control. People, do you, I don't know if you caught that. That is the most empowering statement in the world. You're in control. You have permission to walk away. You do not have to accept a bad deal. But you can negotiate a lot of stuff. If you want me to give me the list of things that I tell people to negotiate, I'll, I'll happy to roll it off, Daryl. 30 seconds. What's the list? These are the things you can negotiate. You can ask for, some of them become throwaways, meaning you know that you're not going to get them, but it gives them the ability to think they negotiated something with you. You can say, I need to work from home so many days. I want to be able to work remotely for the month of July from my lake house and I'll still accomplish X, Y, and Z. I want to negotiate more shares or if they're not offering shares of like, Asking, you know, hey, I, I need some equity in this game. You could ask for additional vacation time. I used to be really good at saying, hey, I know for the first year I'm not going to take a vacation. And after the third year, I get my third week of vacation. This is really old school. You tell people, look, after one year, I want three weeks of vacation. If they're unwilling to give it to me, it tells me that they don't understand the value of work-life balance. I will also ask them, what has other people ever asked you in their negotiations that I'm not asking you? And now they have to, you put them on the spot and see how good a negotiator they are. That's my 30 seconds. Scott Lease and I do a podcast called the Surf and Sales Podcast. We spent 45 minutes talking about how to interview better, way more than what I was able to do with Daryl today. Same thing with negotiations. Those are our two most popular episodes, how to negotiate your salary. You can also negotiate, even as a salesperson, you can negotiate your exit out. If this doesn't work out, what happens? Because the data suggests it may not work out. So. If you want to go check those out, you could. Daryl said I could mention those. All right. So if I want to go see those episodes, how do I find those episodes online? Uh, dude, you're super kind. It's just the Surf and Sales podcast, and you can find it on iTunes and um, Spotify and all the other places. I just discovered this yesterday in my cool Gen X capacity. I can just say, to, hey, Alexa, play the Surf and Sales podcast. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And then my, my two kids who were 9 and 11 kind of rolled their eyes at me when I showed them. <laughs> you, like, and you can like, also... You can do that on the Inside Inside Sales Show, too. And I think it's cool as well. Folks, we are yeah. out of time. Richard Harris, Harris Consulting Group, world-class trainer, LinkedIn influencer, all-around nice guy, straight shooter. Follow him. If you like this, reach out to him. This guy can help you. In the meantime, we are truly out of time. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, guys. Let's do our own Thanks, therapy Darryl. session again Thanks, next Darryl, week. Pal. My name is Daryl Pearl. I'm with Vanilla Soft. This is the Inside Inside Sales Show. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I loved it. Thank you. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.